0: On the following episode of The Transition, I'm joined by Sarah Van Ells, a military spouse and co-owner of The Van Plan, a company that does custom van builds accessible for everyone. Sarah runs The Van Plan along with her husband, a Navy veteran. They've since expanded their offerings into another line of business called Hustle Trucks. During the pandemic, they've received tons of requests to build out vans to be used as mobile salons, retail shops, and food trucks, just to name a few which can be pricey for most small business owners. To ease the burden, Sarah and her husband launched Hustle Trucks as an entirely mobile retail storefront rental. Think of it as a pop-up shop on wheels aimed at lowering the barrier of entry for brick-and-mortar small businesses. On the transition, Sarah opens up about running the van plan alongside her husband, expanding their offerings into Hustle Trucks, and the everyday challenges that come with running a small business while simultaneously being a wife, And mother to her children. As the host of this show, I'm constantly blown away by entrepreneurs like Sarah that are constantly coming up with such creative business models and executing upon them. Before you hear from Sarah and I, make sure you subscribe to The Transition at the link in the show notes. As a reminder, I release a newsletter twice a week once on Tuesday mornings with actionable tips and advice you can apply in your venture, and again on Friday, where I share the latest episode of The Transition. This past week, I published a newsletter on the importance of having a market-first mentality when positioning your venture. As a reminder, Substack allows you to leave comments on the newsletter and podcast episodes. That way, you can let me know what topics you'd like me to cover, either on the show or write about in the newsletter. In addition, if you're interested in contributing to the newsletter with a post, email me at mike.steadman at bunkerlabs.org. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by the MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, the foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show, and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Sarah, welcome to the bunker. What's going on?
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is a really, really exciting opportunity. I appreciate it.
0: I'm fired up. I'm excited to learn about <laughs> hustle trucks. I'm excited to learn about your experience within the veteran residence yeah. and all the knowledge and uh, insight you're gonna drop for our listeners today. Okay. So let's just jump right in. Go ahead and do me a favor and introduce yourself to the bunker.
1: Uh, my name's Sarah Van Els. I live in Los Angeles. I am uh, married to a US Navy veteran. We have two beautiful children and run two exceptionally challenging businesses together uh yeah i'm originally from pittsburgh and um everything's going pretty well all things considered i have it a little bit of a different perspective than most people over the past few years um i've been so fortunate to be healthy and blessed and everything's going well and i i'm knocking on wood very very hard when i say all that
0: (laughs) you actually got three ventures right so you got hustle trucks right Mm -hmm. you got the fan life and then you got your family and actually kids are probably like a fourth venture if we're being honest
1: well the the kids that's actually what got me into the van plan and hustle trucks because i was very much doing my own thing um as a freelance financial educator and expert and i was building my own career in that regard i have lots of experience lots of insight love it love money always have everything about it and then um you know one day i picked them up from school and they never went back so um realizing you know these people are not going back to school this isn't going to happen i literally cannot like form a coherent thought in my head there's no way i'm going to be able to maintain a successful writing career and administer homeschool. so it was sort of a fortuitous moment that my husband's business started to do well to the point where he could not maintain it himself anymore and i was like all right let me hop in here let me use my experience and expertise to like get on your team and be part of Team Van Plan. And um and I did and it blew up. And that's not to my credit. That's just because we have complimentary skill sets and the business needed what I had.
0: What kind of writing what kind of writing? Like copywriting?
1: Um yeah, I used to do a lot of marketing, copywriting. I used to work for a financial tech startup and I did all of their content, um everything. Like if there was a word from this company, I wrote it. Um it's really one of my great passions. I've created a lot of libraries of educational content for different um, banks and financial companies and investment vehicles. I really, really enjoy money and educating people about it.
0: I definitely need to pick your brain about that because it's <laughs> just such a powerful asset of branding these days is mm-hmm. educating consumers on how to win in whatever industry that is. And then what that does is that builds that brand loyalty, that brand credibility, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of that. I've actually been practicing my own writing both on the newsletter for the transition and on my personal Twitter. So we'll love to pick your brain about that yeah. offline. Now, one of the things I want to ask you about is explain to our listeners what the van life is and what hustle trucks is.
1: So uh, van life is when people make the choice to live in their vehicle. Uh, our company, the van plan serves three distinct um, types of customers, people who have to live in their car, people who want to and people who get to. So the people who want to are the people you see on Instagram who have these like, you know, quarter million dollar fully tricked out sprinter vans with a shower and a heated floor. And it's like an apartment on wheels. They're, they're doing it because they want to, and they have the income to go on a little adventure. That's beautiful. Uh, the people who get to are people who are like working in the film industry or who are traveling nurses or maybe a fitness instructor with a really big following who wants to go, on the road they get to and their setups are typically a little more humble um and then there's the people who have to it's no joke that like our entire customer base has shifted to the have to market right now so um, a lot of people um are being evicted and living in your car is the natural next step for lots of people
0: yeah that's unfortunate you know a lot of people are hurting obviously this pandemic has challenged uh people in new and unique ways and i love the fact that like you know the entrepreneur in you is creating a solution for this yeah you know and even just kind of hearing you talk about the people that kind of choose to i'm like man i'm maybe i need to do a mobile podcast studio you know get on the road and just drive cross country and it's choose to true.
1: i i know a guy we can make that happen <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what about hustle trucks talk to us about hustle trucks
1: so hustle trucks um, was actually born from my time with the van plan because as i'm fielding all of these customer inquiries everything shut down because of COVID. And they are just coming in two, three a day. Can you build me a barbershop? Can you build me a hair salon? Can you build me a massage, something so I can continue to work in these industries that have been shuttered? And um, the fact of the matter is a build for those needs is very, very expensive. Um, and most people couldn't just drop twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 on a build in hopes that it would work out for them. So it was kind of a no brainer. We came up with it um, laying by the pool and we're like, oh my God, we can totally build one of these and then rent them out to people. So um, that's what we did. Super excited, came home, bought a truck, um, an old US mail truck from a government auction. No research, just bought it. It was very exciting, had it delivered. Um, We flipped it into the asset that we run out to customers today in about three weeks using like our entire team of and you know professional skill set and tools and all of that. And then we're off and running, except I had to go to the DMV approximately eight hundred times because I did not do the right research on what truck to buy because we were so excited.
0: Love it. I'm gonna be honest. I've <laughs> interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs on this podcast. These are probably the this is like one of the more unique business models that I've come across. So I'm excited <laughs> to learn more about it, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. But before we do a deep deep dive, i got to ask you to get vulnerable and take off your armor for us okay. as an entrepreneur. So what's something that um, you're struggling with behind the scenes that a lot of people don't realize?
1: Um, I literally do not know what I'm doing every single day, no matter what it is. I, like, And I'm doing 50 different things every day, and at any given moment, I am confused.
0: <laughs> Don't you think that's part of the journey, right? Like the more on the, the longer you're in it, the more you realize that we're all just kind of making it up.
1: Listen, it better be because otherwise <laughs> yeah. now, I'm, I've learned a lot. This has been an incredible gift of figuring out what, um, what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And it's also been a gift to be able to be like, duh, there's other people who are good at that. Find them, ask them and then pay them to do it yeah
0: those are your boundaries right i think that's a good lesson for our listeners right so even when you feel like you're making it up you can still de-risk it like for me i have a business coach yeah so he helps me you know navigate the wires a little better i'm a reader i'm a podcaster and i have a support network so a lot of that kind of helps me and then what you're saying is you find smes you read a lot what else you got going on
1: anywhere where anyone's doing something that's a little bit in alignment with what I'm trying to figure out right now, I go for it. In the morning, I'm working out, I'm listening to marketing podcasts. This, you know, it didn't occur to me until I was in it for, you know, three months. I'm in real estate now. I don't know anything about real estate. So now I have to get all these books and learn all this stuff and it's cool. And like it, there's people out there who know what they are doing and they're always more than happy and usually flattered to help you out. So, a little humble pie. Go ask for some help. Learn something, or realize this is beyond your skill set, and find a way to work with them. And they, you know, there's other people who are good at things. They can do it.
0: I appreciate that. And I appreciate you telling all these random listeners out here that are probably thinking about purchasing a hustle truck or working with the van plan, and you just told them that you're making it up. But it's all right.
1: It, uh, it's working though. Like it's really working. I've definitely tried things that didn't work, and I stopped them immediately. Well, so. we're
0: gonna look- Yeah, we're going to learn some more about that, but before we do, I got to acknowledge the organization that brought us here today, and that's Bunker Labs, a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs dedicated to helping the military-connected community start their own business. We're committed to seeing that every entrepreneur in the military-connected community has the network tools and resources they need. You can learn more by visiting our website at www.bunkerlabs.org. Now, Sarah, you're a repeat veteran in residence. Talk to us about how you got connected with bunker labs and the veterans and residents.
1: I came across my somebody emailed it to me or I saw it on social media something. um, And I sent it to my husband a few years ago and was like, this is you you should do this. You just started a business. You're a veteran. And this was very much when we were um, separate professionally. So he signed up and uh, it just looked like something I wanted to be a part of because I really enjoy all these things. So we went to all the cohort meetings together. And, uh, and then they got stopped short because of, you know, global circumstances, it kind of stunk. And then as soon as I caught wind that everything was back up again, it again, fortuitous timing, I had just launched a business and was like, these are the people, this is where I need to be. Because again, they are the ones who know what they're doing. I would be a fool not to access this incredible network of educated and skilled people who have done all of this before. And um, I was lucky enough to be a part of this current cohort, and it's been really, really wonderful.
0: Yeah, we're finding out that especially in times of uncertainty and chaos, like we've had the last like sixteen months, that connection—you know, feeling like people have a community they can go to—has been super beneficial for a lot of people. So, you know, one thing we've been pressing at Bunker Labs is this cohort model. Whether it's veterans and residents, CEO Circle, um, a lot of the programs we're building out are kind of cohort-based. And let me tell you about Sarah. Sarah hunted me down. I think I went on, I talked to one of y'all's, uh, I think I talked at the onboarding for the new Veterans of Residence. And yeah. sure enough, boom, you pinged me. You were like, hey, I would love to get on the podcast. And I was like, let's make it happen. So yeah. I'm really glad you're here because, again, your business model is super dope. I'm excited yeah. to learn more. Yeah. So take us back to your entrepreneurial journey, right? So I'm always letting our listeners know that a lot of times it's easy to compare yourself to others out there. You know, when you see somebody on the cover of Forbes or Fortune or all these other magazines and platforms, but a lot of times you don't really know their journey that it took for them to get there. And mm-hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs start three, four or five ventures before they hit that home run. Take us back to your journey to becoming an entrepreneur before uh, even hustle trucks.
1: I can take you way back to being a kid. There was like some lunchbox, something I wanted, and my parents would not buy it for me because it was too much money or it, whatever. So I pulled weeds from all the neighbors yards and bundled them up like bouquets and sold them back to them to get money to buy the thing that I wanted. And it worked. And who like, it was cute. They didn't care that they were weeds. I had an end goal in mind and it worked and I got to buy the little lunchbox or whatever. And uh, still to this day, that's pretty much why I am doing all this. Cause I don't, I don't want to live a day-to-day life where I have to answer to anyone for anything. So I need to create this system where that's possible. And that's what being an entrepreneur does for me. So when I, you,
0: hmm? when did you start? Uh, sorry, I mean to cut you off. So when did you, what was your next venture?
1: <sighs> well, I guess it was a couple of years later. I started us, I used to work in a doctor's office and, an administrative capacity. I started a business selling scrubs because everybody who worked there had to buy them somewhere. So I figured why not from me? Um, I started writing. I um, had a blog about um, my financial um, past and education experience, which is a whole other crazy story that um, got picked up. It was became super popular really quickly. So I was actually brought on by a big media company to lead their new uh, personal finance vertical. And when I went on with them, I actually negotiated to be like a freelancer, a contractor. So I could still be in control of that aspect. I still didn't want to work, even though it was an impressive opportunity. I still didn't want to be part of this big machine type thing. And then my next move was uh, working for a small startup, which felt right to me. And it felt a little bit more like um, self-dictated in spirit because on a small team, you can move the needle a little bit more. But yeah. Uh, even that wasn't enough. My next step was to branch out and just do it all on my own. I had this incredible library of uh, financial writing. And I just went for it. I started doing one on one consultations, I became certified as an educator and really built a a beautiful business. Uh, Just all me.
0: I want to talk about that because I've been a big fan of this kind of audience first. And that kind of sounds like what you did was you started publishing a lot of content started building some audience and then you also had this assets that you were able to leverage later Mm -hmm. to grow your business instead of starting from scratch
1: yeah the uh yeah without even realizing what i was doing that entire time i was building a very strong backbone that included um, publishing grammar seo uh content strategy social media, marketing, this, you know, you'll talk to a lot of marketing experts who come with this big idea that um, it's not paid content, it's speaking to your audience. And that is nothing new. That's what blogs used to be 30 years ago. You just speak to your people and they will find you because that's the conversation that we both want to be engaged in. And um, I think that's something that I've always embraced and uh, it's worked. And even-
0: How long did it take you to build out your audience with that?
1: Um, For the financial audience, Mm -hmm. maybe three or four years. Um, Keep in mind, though, I did have a huge lift from a major media company. But um, the only reason I even had the shot at that is because my writing was honest and resonated and that I was only speaking to the people who I wanted to talk to
0: so that's a very teachable moment especially in this age where it's like instant success and gratification but mm-hmm. so you're saying you were publishing content consistently for about three or four years yep. before you got the lift off yeah so listen if you're out there publishing the best day to start the best day to plant a tree was <laughs> yesterday <the second laughs> last, right is it I'm, I'm about to mess that up it's the grunt in me the best time to plant a tree 30, 30 years ago 30 years ago yes. <laughs> the second best time is like today so start playing and getting that content out yeah so when did you start um so talk to us about okay so you got this business going off this financial coaching you're making moves mm-hmm. and then what led you to start hustle trucks or yeah. sorry well hustle trucks first and then
1: <laughs> no i was really i was on my way the financial stuff was going really well i was proud of the work let me tell you i lost 10 clients in a matter of three days after all these COVID things happened. Uh, we were, I think we are March 11th. I had everybody by March 15th. I had nobody, all the markets crashed. The first thing to go in finance is marketing. Nobody cares about paying writers for anything. It was all over immediately. And, uh, Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I have a little bit of money in savings. I'm sure, you know, it's just two weeks, right? (laughs) We'll just see how this turns out. And uh, it became very, very clear that it was not two weeks. I'm at home with these kids. They're not going to school. I cannot have a career and a family. So unfortunately, like you have, like so many other people have to make a choice. And of course, family comes first. You know so that's uh so that's what i did i was at home and then um like i mentioned earlier it was sort of a fortuitous moment my husband's business was really taking off and um, i was able to step in and be a part of that
0: so talk to us about when he started the company
1: uh let's see he started the van plan a few years ago i want to say in 2018 and he was literally working on the side of the road um here in l.a like putting, you know, fixing people's RVs, putting solar panels on people's roofs, like on major highways. (laughs) And now we are just a few short years later where um, we have a 10,000 square foot shop and eight employees.
0: Congratulations, that's absolutely amazing. (laughs) And was he doing that um, full time when he started or did he transition into it?
1: Uh, So he and I had a pretty tough conversation um where he was working some jobs that he didn't like and just it just kept not working out and we had a very uh probably the like the conversation that a person will have in their life where we were both like look you don't like to work so what are you going to do about it because you have to and he was like well yeah i never thought of it that way i guess i'll just start my own business and it was like okay do that but like do it you know (laughs) yeah Yeah.
0: did you guys have to uh, fundraise for that Get any no. friends and family around, go to a bank or just straight up boot bootstrapping.
1: We I, I can't even call it bootstrapping. We have a very um, unique view on business operations. As we speak, we're like in the middle of transitioning into a worker owner cooperative for our company. But we actually charge for labor only because. Um, Values wise, he and I both believe that that is truly the only thing that has any value is labor and anything else is just sort of taking advantage of customers, which um, yeah, that's just, that's the way we operate and that's the way we like to do it.
0: I like that, but because that's that's at least being honest to who you are and the yeah. change you're trying to show in the world yeah. and you're using your business as a vehicle to do that. No so problem. when you jumped into yeah. the van plan, uh, when you jumped to the van plan, right in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, yeah. um, where was it at operation wise? Like, I know you said you got eight employees, you got a warehouse now. But yeah. What was it like, you know, back in March?
1: He was, it was just Dustin working out of our garage. Um, We live in South LA. Um, It's a residential neighborhood, but in as only as much as anywhere in South LA can be. So it wasn't necessarily like a great place to be out all day. And then like keeping these people's six figure vehicles on the side of the road. It was just, you know, we had a huge influx of business and um, you know he's running a one-man show he's not saving people's names when they're texting I was able to come in and just like get a whole new website get a sort of system down for processing like the way that we're gonna maintain customers and um, to just sort of take over the business aspects of things so he can focus on what he is really really good at which is van building and like vibing with customers
0: How were your uh content strategy did you start turning up the content in terms of getting out blog posts and everything else
1: can i tell you honestly we had so much business and not enough people to do it we i had to make like the critical decision to not advertise because i wouldn't even know what to do if more business came in to this day we have built a six-figure business on a ten dollar a month advertising budget
0: but that goes back to the power of Having good, having a good product, and mm-hmm. orchestrating a constant stream of referrals. Yeah, you know, and you know the fact that you are probably niche and kind of like your services of what you guys are offering. Um, I, I mean, it's almost I call it dog whistle branding. You know, people <laughs> are actually looking like, hey, I have an RV or something. Yeah. I'm trying to get on the road and live out of my vehicle. Mm-hmm. I need to level up because this is going to be my income. And so it's like, I, I'm willing to bet They're probably not a lot of businesses like yours, um, in that area.
1: No, absolutely not. Yeah, there, um, there's a few like in Colorado and, you know, in the more middle of the country. But um, where we are in L.A., there's not too, too many van builders. And the ones that there are, they don't do um, custom work. They only do like a uh, picture like a model home. Like you get your choice of three or four builds. And they're really expensive um, because we do charge for our labor only. Our prices are a little bit more on par and more in alignment with the budget of people who are living in their vehicles?
0: So talk to us about hustle trucks. At what point did you say, hey, okay, there's this new business opportunity within what we're doing, right? And you see that with a lot of companies of like, like even me, I do podcasts, I'm the producer, right? I create the content, but there's all these back-end services that you get really good at, you know, writing the copy and doing all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see opportunities there. So what made you feel comfortable to kind of launch another venture on top of the one you already had?
1: Um, That's a really good question. And it's a super simple answer. The customers told me exactly what they wanted. And I listened.
0: That goes back to having an audience and listening to your audience. And we call that a a push, right? Like your customers are like pushing you, saying like, Hey, we need to fulfill this need. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to work with someone we already trust and like, we already come to you. So it makes it perfect sense. Yeah. What was the process like standing up hustle trucks? I mean, where did you, did you pull funding from the first venture, you know, to cover this one or what was that process like?
1: So the vehicle itself, we just have one in our fleet right now. We're adding onto it soon, but the vehicle itself, I paid for um, using uh, revenue from the other business. I think uh, we neither one of us took a a paycheck that month and used it to buy the truck and uh, yeah. And then we used our own team and our own skill set and our, you know, the tools on hand in our, you know, years of design experience to put it together pretty quickly.
0: And what is the opportunity you feel like now for, for Hustle Trucks?
1: <sighs> My goodness. It's like so popular. I need to build a second one. I need to get into other cities and I need to not fumble the bag when I take this nationwide. It's such a good idea. I'm afraid someone else is gonna do it, but I know they can't because they don't have a team of van builders on hand and they don't have the experience that we do, but still.
0: (laughs) I I wanna talk to you about that um, because I have a mentor by the name of Christopher Lockhead and he wrote a book called Play Bigger for Everyone. And one of the things he talks about is competition is for suckers. And one of the things that people wanna do is you wanna learn to create a category. So be the category king of your niche mm-hmm. you know and a lot of times what ends up happening is you know people end up trying to compete and they end up trying to compete for 24 percent of market share mm-hmm. because category kings dominate their market right they change the they change the game you know when you think of social media what pops up facebook right and what do they do they buy up everything or when you think of like a fitbit is a category and the company that owns that or when you think of uh, AirPods is a category, who else can compete with that? Apple, you know. And so that's one of the, the strategies around um, not worrying about like the, the broader market. Is like, what are your unfair advantages within the niche and the category that you guys have cre- created? And I'm willing to bet, honestly, Alive is going to be tied to the brand that you've built.
1: Yeah, I um, I'm ho- I hope so. I love everything that you just said because yeah, who am I competing with? Nobody. Just just us for now. <laughs> When you're the first at something, you know, it's scary. But the second people, they're the ones, you know, they're the ones who are scared.
0: (laughs) Yeah, And the reason I want to say that is because for a lot of early stage entrepreneurs that aren't where you and I are at right now, they hold on to their business ideas so tight that they're not giving them opportunity to get validation from the market and allowing the market to tell them what people want. You know, and you just referenced that, like your customers were like, hey, this is what we want. We Mm -hmm. trust you. And we want you to do it for us and we're willing to pay you for it. Yeah. So what are some of the biggest challenges you face while launching, you know, two businesses in the midst of the pandemic and managing your family?
1: Oh my God. Um, I, some days I, I, I don't even know where I am. So organized. I am type a as a person can possibly be. I, and it's still, I'm dropping stuff left and right. I really do not know. I like, <laughs> The biggest challenges have been just keeping everything straight and not like messing up on simple day-to-day life things that turn into bigger problems. You know, like uh, when you're married to your partner in business and your partner in life and, you know, there's, you have that tendency to like carry over work arguments into home and home arguments into work. So we had to be really, really good about separating those. And um, one of the things that I think made it easier, which is a privilege and I'm aware of that, but was hiring a housekeeper. So that erased that argument right away. Um, (laughs) Like just eliminate that altogether. Lowering my expectations for myself was probably another thing that really saved the day. Like I am not gonna work out every day. I'm not, like some days I'm just gonna order a pizza, other days I will not write the copy for that email. You know, customer service will not always be on point And that is OK because you are just one person and like you are not Nordstrom and people know that. So,
0: yeah, you know, it's um, I think I appreciate you sharing that because it's true, right? Like it comes in waves like I'll be on that super successful. You know, I'm getting up, I'm working out. But then other times it's like priority shift, you know, and it's just like it can be hard to work out and be on that like perfect routine. Mm-hmm. You know? I think it goes back to like what can you take care of? You know at the simplest level and being honest and talking about you know mental health and all the other stuff to make sure we're taking care of ourselves that self-care like me and you were talking about before we jumped on you know a lot of stuff is going on in the media I was honest with you on the pre-show I was like hey I feel like that's in my head a little bit um Mm -hmm. but having space to kind of basically having forgiveness to be like hey I'm not perfect every single day
1: Yeah. And I found whenever talking to, I mean, anybody in your personal life should hear that and love you. Otherwise they don't deserve to be in your personal life. But when someone in your professional world, hears that 99 times out of a hundred, they are like, Oh, okay. I get it. Me too. No big deal. Respond to me whenever you can. And it's like, not the end of the world because we're all humans.
0: Yeah. Especially a lot of other entrepreneurs. I feel like they get that. They're like, I know you're busy. You've been in the hole when you pop up. You know, I know you're good. I I do want to ask you this, right? Since you mentioned the fact that you do have your husband, you guys work together on the business, you got your family. How do you balance being present? Because I know one thing is like an entrepreneur. I feel like I'm always thinking about my business. Mm -hmm. It's like it's a weird space because it blends kind of hobby with, you know, work and passion and purpose. And how are you able to like not be visualized and thinking about the business on the weekend, et cetera, when your whole family is kind of immersed in it?
1: I mean, God, I wish I could. I wish I could answer that. Um, <laughs> I'm always thinking about the kids. I'm always thinking about family stuff. I'm talking to you in my mind. I'm making a to-do list for you know our son's birthday party. To be present is a constant challenge. I I do my best to like, in the most mentally healthy way, to just like section everything off. Like this is what I'm doing right now. And this is what deserves my attention not that everything else is being ignored it's just what's the saying you don't want to give it you want to whole ass everything i don't want to half ass anything so i focus and this is what i'm doing right now and that's that but it is a challenge
0: i know too going back to you know work with your husband as well um there's a lot of talk out there sometimes people say your spouse shouldn't be your co-founder right don't start a business with your partner but then we find ourselves in situations like the pandemic to where it's like, Hey, nobody else is fun in these businesses. You know? <laughs> and it's, it's weird. We're in this time where like work especially with the work from home and all that kind of stuff, the line is like blending between yeah. being able to separate like work from family. And mm-hmm. the reason I bring it up is a lot of, a lot of the entrepreneurs are not going to raise tech uh, are not going to raise venture capital. A lot of us are going to bootstrap our businesses. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to have these conversations with our partners or spouses, whatever you want to call it. And so whether they're involved in the day to day of running the business or not, they're going to be involved in the business. And I would love you to kind of speak about speak more about that.
1: It was an easy choice. Um, Honestly, it was an an inevitability. He and I have such complementary skill sets and are so just genuinely respectful of each other as people um you know no one is going to care about you as much as you do but he does and i know that so there's nobody else who i would want to be partnered with because they're not going to care as much you know this is our life so i know that he's going to put everything into it to make our life good and i'm doing the exact same thing and it would be weird to work with somebody who wasn't as invested in all of this as he and i both are it would be weird to be so this is the most natural thing in the world and also neither one of us likes to be told what to do so this is all you know very organic
0: <laughs> so as you start to look towards the future both with van plan and uh, hustle trucks right mm-hmm. I mean, obviously your own personal aspirations, who knows, maybe be a a startup advisor or something. But uh, what are your what are your BHAGs for your companies? And by BHAG, I'm referencing Jim Collins, big, hairy, audacious goal. So as you start looking towards the future. It's like, what are you hoping to uh, to accomplish?
1: Um, I am very thankful that you said what B hag means because I've never heard that before, (laughs) but that is very cool. Um, Those audacious goals are franchising into different cities. I would like to put a van plan in at least three cities up and down the West Coast, purely for weather reasons. And each of those places will have a large parking lot where we park fleets of hustle trucks. And then from there we go nationwide.
0: Love it. And how can we as a community support you and help you bring this vision to life?
1: So, our target audience with hustle trucks and by that i don't mean the people who i wish to target i mean the people who are actually the customers are women of color in their 20s and 30s who have started a business in the past six months this exactly speaks to their needs and desires to take their store from the internet to the street like having a store makes it real so 1800 of those businesses are started by women every single day direct some of them to hustle trucks this is what they want this is what they need to legitimize their business and take that next step to be a store
0: yeah having to get rid of the old brick and mortar kind of aspect of it of expecting people to come to you and mm-hmm. now you are to build out something and go directly to your ideal customers your perfect customers
1: yeah uh, more than one location a day. We've had more than a few people uh, rent the truck for two, three days and go to two, three different places each day.
0: Can you give us examples example of some of those kind of uh, businesses?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, one of the ones um, who I've worked with a lot recently, a woman named Chris, who is a single parent, exactly what I said, young woman who's had a really successful online store. She took the truck to Abbott Kinney in Venice and just like did such a wonderful job of setting up. Like her vibe translated from the screen to the store flawlessly. And that's a credit to her as a business owner, more than just, you know, the real estate that she rented. But um, it, she, it did so well. She did it again. And now she's in a real, not real, but, you know, permanent pop up spot in downtown. So it was just, you know, steps along the way. And that this was like very much a step for her.
0: And how does the hustle truck stand out from the traditional like pop-up?
1: So, um, well it's the only mobile rental thing that there is. So making it stand out is sort of a, um, it was a gift and a curse, right? So, um, the branding was a challenge because it needs to be extremely like obvious what it is without being weird. So I went through a whole bunch of branding exercises and spoke to a professional and ended up with, um, you know, what it looks like real big on the side of the truck. This truck is a store. And that's what people see when they walk past. And that's, that stands out.
0: I keep telling people dog whistle, Brandon, it's coming. <laughs> you no, know, and this there's so much noise on the internet. Everybody's trying to sell us all day, 24 seven. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you gotta be crystal clear. Yeah. You know, and tell people who you are and what you're there to do.
1: Yeah. And I love
0: it. That at least you're you. You're just you're just very smart and talented. So you say you don't know what you're doing. But as we do this interview, I feel like uh, you're de- that. That's not the case at all.
1: Well, I appreciate that. The beginning of the branding conversation literally started with me. I'm older. I'm 40. Do you remember the generic food aisle in the grocery store? I do. That it, that was it. Those generic potato chips that was just white bag black letters that just said potato chips. Like that's what it needs to look like, because we're not selling the stuff inside. They are. They just need to know that this is a vessel for them. So that's.
0: <laughs> and, let, and, and you know what? It's funny you talking about this with the truck, but I think that works on a lot of websites that works on a lot of packaging. You know, don't confuse. Don't yep. don't don't be too clever. You got to make it crystal clear what it is that you're offering for people. Now, we've got listeners from all over the country, all over the world, veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses. What words of encouragement would you like to leave them with as they pursue their own entrepreneurial journeys?
1: Just do it, like, just go for it. What are you you waiting for? Like, it seems hard, it is, of course it is, or else everybody would be doing it. If you have the idea and you have the inclination like what's stopping you? Time? No. If it's money, you can always make more money. If it's time, you can carve time out if it's important to you. The only thing stopping you is uh you, usually. And I think that's true for everything. You know, you wanna, you know, work out, eat better, do all that stuff. You're the only person putting your hand to your mouth. Like you're in charge of this. If this is something that you really want to do, just do it. And if it doesn't work out, oh well, at least you have the experience under your belt. And that was that fun cool thing you did for a minute and now you know love it so sarah <laughs>
0: where can people find you at how can they support you
1: you can find us online at hustletrucks.co C-O, and on instagram hustle trucks that is our online presence fully on instagram
0: well sarah it's been a pleasure having you here here today i'll be sure i'll be sure to include a link to your website in the show notes so Bonker, make sure you head over to hustle trucks And learn more about all the amazing stuff sarah and her husband are doing and be sure to also follow them on their social on their social media for our listeners though also need you to do me a favor and subscribe to the transition podcast and newsletter on substack at the link in our show notes i release a newsletter every tuesday and a podcast every thursday you can leave a comment about each episode on substack if you have any questions about your own venture be sure to post that as well I'm always looking for content and I would love to learn what you all are struggling with in your own ventures. If you want to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, visit www.bunkerlabs.org and select the city nearest to you, nearest to you, sign up for our local newsletter and attend one of our networking events. It's that simple. From there, get connected at Bunker Online where you can learn about our many different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that'll take you from idea to invoice incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today by clicking the connect button at bunkerlabs.org. Sarah, thanks again for joining us. And until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.